This is a Triple J podcast. Hack. Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Summer Hack podcast. Have you been going to the beach this summer? Because one of the things you ask before you get into the ocean is always, how warm is it if there's someone coming out or you're there with a friend? And you're hoping they're going to say, oh, it's beautiful. It's like a bath. Especially the further south in Australia you are, like if you're on the far south coast of New South Wales, if you're in Tasmania, maybe you'd be keen for the water to be a couple of degrees warmer because it can be pretty nippy. These specific areas of the country are actually known as hotspots for marine heat waves, though, which you might find surprising. And one has already been declared for the New South Wales south coast. Now, reporter Bernadette Clark's been investigating. You jump in, it's really pleasant, but it's just unusual. On the south coast of New South Wales, Dylan Bogue runs freedive tours off of Jervis Bay. And recently, he's felt like the water's been a lot warmer, even for summer. I know in the back of my mind that it's it's not good for the, for our reef system as well. But <laughs> like, I really can't complain about the warmth. Like it's, I like the cold personally, but I know our customers don't. Like everyone complains about the cold like all the time. And it's not in Dylan's head. A marine heat wave has been declared for the New South Wales south coast. While it might sound delightful to some, it could actually have a devastating impact on marine life. We get this period of intense, often short warming that can be overlaid on that. And that's a heat wave on land. It's really the same thing in the ocean. That's Dr. Kane Layton. He's a research fellow from the University of Tasmania, and he lives here on the far south coast. Kane's explaining to me how heat waves actually work. So we have background warming that's happening in the ocean, and that's also getting worse with climate change. But we also have these intense, much shorter periods of warming over the top of that, and that's called a marine heat wave. Scientists like Kane are understandably worried, with forecasts predicting the area to be about two and a half degrees warmer than normal for this time of year. One of their biggest concerns is kelp forests. So we've seen some really big heat waves in the relatively recent uh, past in Australia. In 2010, 2011, we saw a really severe one in Western Australia, and that caused about a 100 kilometre die-off of kelp, of golden kelp, the same species we've been studying here. And still, you know, 13 years later, that kelp still hasn't recovered. That's really problematic if they get affected by it because they underpin all of this amazing uh, biodiversity that we see on our coastline. Because without kelp, you can't have kelp forests. And that's really the home for all of those incredible uh, organisms that live here. So we've tagged all these kelp plants and now we're freezing them to have a look at some of the characteristics that um, help them to survive. So looking at the genetic... On a beach in Eden, I'm with Dr Melinda Coleman a researcher from the Department of Primary Industries. She's wrapping small bits of golden kelp forest into aluminium foil before she chucks it into liquid nitrogen to keep it cool. It will then make its way to a research laboratory where it'll be studied. The dive team also tagged kelp in the same area. It will all be monitored over the next few months to see if there's been any changes. And the main aim is to, I guess, look for the silver lining. So we don't want to look at the plants that actually might perish, but the survivors. And if we can figure out what are those characteristics of the surviving plants that, that help them to survive those hotter temperatures, so things like their underlying genetics or the microbes that live on their surface, we can use that information um, to better manage and conserve and, and restore those really important habitats. This is part of the New South Wales government's response plan for the marine heatwave here on the far south coast. And there's monitoring like this being done elsewhere, like Tassie, where a marine heatwave is also forecast. 
The last major marine heatwave was in 2015-2016 off the coast of Tasmania and it ran for 250 days. There were dire consequences for the aquaculture industry, so seafood produce like salmon, oysters and abalone. If you don't know what abalone is, it's like a big edible sea slug. It's a multi-million dollar industry in New South Wales and people also go diving for them recreationally. Here's John Smythe. He's an abalone diver and secretary of the Abalone Association, New South Wales. Yeah, we're concerned. We've been monitoring it and hoping that the warmer parts of that water won't come right in hard on the coast. It's still, you know, 10, 12 miles offshore at the moment. Because we are a global ocean warming hotspot, we've already seen changes uh, in our part of the world that are only expected to be seen elsewhere in the next coming decades. Speaking with marine biologist Kane Layton, he told me there's a reason we see so much activity around here. You know, we've already seen upwards of a degree of warming uh, in our oceans in southeast Australia, and that's something that's forecast globally to really happen in the coming decades. So there's a lot of attention on our region as to how we respond and adapt and study. Uh, climate change because really what's happening here it's a little bit of a window into the future. Why is it the southeast is a global warming hotspot? It's one of the most rapidly warming places in the world and that's largely due to the impact and the presence of the East Australian current. So it's this warm south flowing current you might be familiar with it from Finding Nemo getting stronger with climate change and moving further south. So that warm activity is adding to the already kind of background warming that we're seeing in this part of the world. There are so many ways warming water can, in time, disturb the balance of ocean ecosystems, as Melinda Coleman from New South Wales Fisheries was telling me. There's this uh, sort of ever sort of narrowing envelope that these species are able to survive in. There, there's no land masses sort of south of the Australian continent, so their, their range and those temperatures that they're able to survive in are just um, constantly getting smaller and smaller and sort of almost pushing them off the edge of the Australian continent. The marine heatwave is currently sitting kilometres offshore. The real concern is for when or if it will swing onshore closer to prominent marine life. What are your hopes for the study that you're doing right now? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I hope we don't see any impacts. Um, it's, it's not what a scientist wants to see because it's, in the end, a bit of a boring result. But ideally, we will see no impacts on the kelp forests and they're going to be resilient to this warmer water that we're experiencing off New South Wales now. Often with marine heat waves, there's not a lot that we can do about it. I mean, reducing emissions is one of the major things that we need to be doing. But with research, we can help um, prepare for some of these marine heat waves if we know what are some of the impacts that we are likely to see. Summer hack. 